Hello hello Kopi Kumelo Podcast lah Apa lagi bro Episode 49 with Zamira Ooh, This episode is fire bro If you are tuning in right now Consider this a gift man This episode is a jam But do take note Basically 3 minutes into the podcast You'll get 3 minutes of mm, Lack of clarity In, in some sort you had a problem with um, One of the mics And yeah, that only lasts for 3 minutes So within that 3 minutes means you gotta hear my cat making sounds and all that stuff if you are looking um for the visuals you can look up on youtube.com slash milofico m-i-l-o-f-a-e-q-o this is a special episode for reals you got zamira singing zamira cracking joke zamira talks about her come up recording herself singing sending to record labels and a cartel discovered her then the rest is history Okay, this is Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo Podcast And today we have Zamira in the building What's poppin' everybody? Zamira in Milo's crib, wow Yes This is legendary We live so close to each other actually Where, where are you staying? I live in SS14 14? Yeah Near SU? Uh, no, SJ. that's 18 Sorry, near SJ Yes, gotta get your facts right Is it like near the <laughs> shop lots or? No, no, it's near to the school I like oh. literally moved houses Um... But all in SS14 yeah, right, Like right. three times Yeah Yeah. Wow So that means you went to SJ then I went to SJ I was the SJ girl Wow Okay for those listeners Who don't already know who you are Who is Zamira And how young is she Zamira is a 23 Soon to be 24 <laughs> Year old uh, rapper Singer songwriter From Subang Jaya Malaysia Wow Yeah And like I, um, I I say 23 still Because I technically I'm still 23 I'm trying to You know Yeah that's how we see it These days Like yes. if, if it's not yet Your birthday Then it, it doesn't count right? Yeah it doesn't count Because really Like even when I went To the clubs Like in the US Like you can't You can't go If you're like 21 this year But then it's not Your birthday yeah. yet Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, legit. so I'm like, okay, might as well tell you. It's not the, it's not like a lie. You yeah. know, it's the truth. Um, so yeah, I do music, and I, um, I've always loved music ever since I was young. But I never knew I was going to be a rapper or mm. like, you know, a singer even. Right. But I always knew I loved to entertain people. Okay, how would you describe yourself? Like energetic, bubbly, or yeah, really? Those first two words are yeah. always my first two options. Really? Because I I feel like I am full of energy. People always like on Instagram or Insta story, they always like, where do you get your energy from? <laughs> like, what battery up? And I'm like, and then I do like silly videos. I do videos of me like putting a charger and then putting it in my ear and pretending like I'm charging myself at night. <laughs> You've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> I done. Th- I did that before. I did that like last last week, and then and then. So yeah, I am very energetic. I'm super bubbly, very positive person. I'm extremely friendly. You know, um, I'm very goofy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can be. You know, on a serious note, um, very emotional with obviously my work mm-hmm. and my art. Um, very empathetic. Um, you know, really embrace sort of my me being a woman and me being um, where I come from. Mm. So I really embrace like my Asianness, yeah. you know, my much much sides yeah. and everything. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's who I am. How was your childhood like? Like I w- I wonder like how how does it feel like to be Zamira? You know, like like the the human being behind behind the rapper. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I would say growing up, I was always. Um, 
I had always been sort of the not black sheep but I had always been like the one that was uh, singled out mm. you know and not in a bad way not singled out like oh people don't want me to like hang out with them it's more of like it was always I was the one who's jumping around in all the different groups which I mean schools and stuff you know I, I was never really part of one clique because mm. I you know I love to be part of everybody's you know crew and stuff like that and and it was great it was great because there was always I always felt like I belonged somewhere mm. you know and and that's how I carry myself now even which I'm sometimes when I go overseas for recording or, or performing and stuff you might feel kind of anxious mm. coming from the outside in you yeah know, like how will people respond to you but I've never felt that way I mean no. like I felt I felt at the beginning before I, I, I went there and then I, you go there and then they're like you know welcome they welcome you with open arms and I've always felt like I've I fit in almost every culture. I fit yeah. in almost every society. You know. I guess you have the adaptability. Yeah, you yes. you you have done that all your life, so it's an easy, like simple thing to do, right? Exactly. Um. So a good friend of mine, Sona One, he was actually the first person to introduce me this sort of this word, um, this term actually, third culture kids. Wow. Um. And I f- I feel so much with that, like third culture kids, because you know we're not even pure race for example you know we don't identify with just like oh Malayu only or Chinese only or you know Indian only my parents are like super roja that makes me super roja and I and I think being able to carry that around with me has always made me feel like I can belong everywhere anywhere mm. I go you know as long as you you're open and you have this like you want to accept um, the other people regardless of where they come from um, you know you the emotions are still the same yeah you know, mm. which is which is why I do what I do. <laughs> I just kind of want to show. I just want people to to understand that, like, you can go as far as like Iceland or Alaska, wherever all these crazy places you've never been before, and then in the end, it's just like we are really all the same. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? you feel that way? I feel exactly the same. I'm glad you actually said it. Yeah. It's like um, it's like most of us. In, in the Klang Valley, I would say, mm-hmm. we we don't we, we are struggling to find our our identity in a way because yeah. we are all labeled as like whatever you just said like mm. Melayu. Uh, we don't even feel like we are Melayu, mm. but we ha- we are Melayu yeah, in exactly. a way, you know. But like you said, third culture, yeah. Like Sona once said, yeah. Yeah, and exactly like what it. is Melayu even like? You know, we've got descendants from Java and yeah. Bugis and all that. I mean, if you really want to go into sort of that and and. And the thing that's allowed me to sort of to feel um, as part and, be, you know, belonging in, in all these different groups is that there has never been anyone in my family or sort of in my surrounding, in my environment that has made me feel like, oh, I only have to identify with one thing, mm. you know, because I, I, I watch a lot of interviews and I read the news a lot about, um, you know, certain issues happening like far and wide in the US and the Western world, like cultural appropriation and all these things. Mm. They, they're like, oh, okay, if you are, um, if you're like African-American, you, you can only like identify yourself as like, depending on the third, your third generation of which country and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you can't be just like American. Yeah. Like, why can't you be just like, you know, why can't you just be American, for example? Yeah, exactly. And so like for us, it's different. Or mm. for me, at least growing up, in my sort of community, you know, 
Tak ada orang macam like shun you Like oh you ni apa You ni you try to be so much of this Or you try to be so much of that I'm like no I'm not trying This is me This is real This is me This is a real This is really me Like like literally I sing every Like it's crazy I don't know Kenapa lah Tuhan buat yang macam ni I don't know God I don't know why you made me like this Okay And then if you if you look at Malays right um, If you really trace Malays We are not even Malays to begin with Yeah, three exactly. generations above us, mm-hmm. right? We we are from all over the place, you know. You, exactly. We could be anything. We right? could be anything. Like um, my lineage, for example, my dad's uh, grandfather comes from uh, Yemen, mm. and his grandfather on my uh, on his mom's side comes from Tamil Nadu, which is in India. Mm. So that already speaks. Like I'm not even, you know, I'm like maybe like fourth generation, third generation, uh, fourth generation mm. Arabic and Indian. And then my mom's side is uh, Thai mixed with, you know, a bit of Chinese and Malay as well, but from Pahang. So, wow. you know, you 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 really, if you want to understand your roots and 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 know more about sort of where you come from, there's always that space where you can find, you know, because where you want an answer, you can find it. You mm. just have to look for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in this day and age where sort of instant gratification is just like a thing, you know, where... They want to know it. They want to know it now, you know, and they don't want to go in depth and look for more and ask more and look for the purpose and find the real source and things like that. Um, and sometimes that's why people really don't know, you know, why why they're supporting like all these Ketuanan Melayu, for example, yeah. in Malaysia. And I, I and I don't I don't you know, agree with that. I, I realize that we do have it. In every, there is that um, sort of uh, privilege in every country. You know, in every country you go to, they, they always have that like white privilege. Yeah. And you have the Malays as well, the Bumiputra rice. Mm-hmm. Why do I get 6% per annum at ASB? But then my other, yeah. you know, non-Bumiputras get less than that. Yeah, yeah. Or opportunities to study, for example, in tertiary education. You know, like mm. I, I, I'm super for equality, especially when it comes to education. Because everybody should be given the same sort of um, chances, regardless of like what their background is. Like, mm. who cares whether you're Malay or freaking Chinese or yeah, Indian? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like y'all study hard for it. Like, did you did you did you have anybody like your friends and stuff who tried to apply for scholarships and stuff and didn't get every, didn't get through because of their race? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, me too. You yeah. Know? And then um, from my side, is actually went to Chinese school. Mm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I saw your story. Oh, you the the, the, the that gem. That was the one you t- went to. Yeah, the gem that you went through. Oh, wow. That was my school. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Grab uncle. He was like, "Alamak, girl, I don't know where is your house lay. This one, I must. This one is gem, really. Uncle, you never mind. Don't worry. If so you yeah. Don't know, then you don't try. So um, all my life, I, I've been uh, mingled with um, mostly Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. So. When they don't even try to apply for all these scholarships because they know by default they won't get it, or or they have like, they have bigger dreams, for example, mm. because with our tertiary education is a little bit mo- more limited, right? Mm. The, the you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, so it is also a good thing and a bad thing. Quality wise, we don't we don't we are not there, mm. but it helps them who doesn't get the scholar- the, the the opportunities to go bigger, you know. They don't. They don't just stay at surface level, you know. Yeah. Uh, but with most Malays, majority of Malays, they are happy with whatever 
they are offered so right. they're just there you know what I mean? and also we should put a disclaimer right now that we're not generalizing okay yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is totally not and I f- because I feel like sometimes when people listen and they're not here with us they wouldn't understand the context of what we're talking about yeah you know so we have to put a disclaimer that we uh, not at any point are we generalizing exactly. it's just through our own experiences yep. right yeah, 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 yeah. yeah wow has music been a part of your life for the longest time or is it like um, a new source of um, creative expression were you doing something else as a kid how do you um, express yourself yeah. I, I mean music had always been a part a very fundamental part of my life mm. in in um, you know whether it's to mengerakkan hubungan silaturahim with my family right. you know so essentially we would be doing like family trips in the car um, you know driving to Lem Laka or whatever and my parents they burn CDs mm. they didn't buy CDs they burn CDs like every Asian parent <laughs> you know and um, it was great because they never just like stuck to one genre it was like Celine Dion at you know and the next track would be The Police and the next track would be Missy Elliott mm. so it was this whole range of different genres of music and we would all because we oh sorry because we um, listened to them over and over again it became like a thing to karaoke these mm. songs in the car yeah So and we will all memorize every song from like track one to track ten. So you know it's it's great being able to sort of share that because I know some families can be you know you can get a little bit shy with your parents yeah. and stuff. But I'm super close to them. Um, and then when I went to to high school and primary school, I started like joining all this you know singing competitions and. SKSSG Idol, as I recall, I had a group called the Cheetah Girls, <laughs> named after Raven Simone's Cheetah Girls from oh. uh, Disney Channel. Yeah, and we won. Okay, we won. The three of us. Yeah. It was my my best friend Rosalind, uh, Izati, and myself. And yeah, it was crazy. It was like standard three or standard four. Mm. Yeah, and then so what was the first moment that you remember? Like, okay, you have something to express, and music is the medium. Well, the first time I uh, sort of wrote my own, you know, song, uh-huh. I was 16 years old. I just finished, um, I had just finished a talent show that we 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 did, and then one of the the band members from a different uh, team, he reached out to me. He said, "Hey, you know, would you like to come to the studio with me and just record, you know, maybe write some stuff?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that'd be so cool," and I. Went to the studio called IBP Irama Bayu Productions mm. in Puchong Kinrara, and I did like a three-track demo. <laughs> I wrote two of my own songs on the guitar. Wow. Yeah, I played the guitar, um, and I did like a cover, um, Rihanna, a Rihanna song. Cheers to the freaking weekend, mm. Andre. Yeah, it's an old song. And then I, I sent it out. I sent it out to like Cartel. I sent it out to KRU. I sent it out to. You Sony. were 16. I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny I didn't know what I was so, doing so, so that's how it began yeah, That's like, how it began wow. Like it was a demo You know it was like r- Mixed and mastered and um, By Edwin Thank you Edwin Edwin Anand <laughs> For hooking me up You know and then I sent it to all these Different different sort of Labels and stuff Not really expecting anything And I had left to Italy For an exchange program For like mm. three or four months And then They called me After I came back From cartel, they called me. And they were like, "Hey, let's meet up. You know, wow. let's meet up." And 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 that from then on, you know, I had the opportunity. Joe gave me the opportunity to perform with him at seven eight nine Ascot Hotel. Yeah, I sang the first song I sang with Joe was 
um, Erica Badu, uh, The Roots. What's the name of this song? Oh my god! Um, if you oh you got me. If you don't worry, Babwe, I've been a who I saw. And it was crazy because that song had singing and rapping, but mm. I never knew I wanted to rap. Oh, yeah, then started. No, yet. no, no, no. I did not start. I only started really rapping like in 2017. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I never okay. rapped before this. You know, I mean, like I, 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 you know, I rhymed, but I didn't, I didn't consider myself a rapper because. Mm. I didn't think I would, you know, go into that line. And now it's like, I can't stop rapping. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't, yeah. I can't stop. So it started with, with Cartel. That's how you fell in love with hip-hop, I guess. or n- I, I fell in love with hip-hop because when I was, when I was like 17, or sorry, when I was 16, um, you know, I listened to, to um, my first hip-hop album, like consciously listened to hip-hop, which was Tupac's All Eyes On Me, the wow. album, you know. And, and it was... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, actually, seventeen. I was seventeen. Yeah, so actually, I was sixteen when I made the demo. Seventeen when I first like you know linked up with Cartel and Joe and Sona and the boys. So seventeen, sorry, I listened to the album, and it was weird because, you know, at that time Tupac was dead and gone, and yeah. and you know who I was in my mind, oh, this little Asian girl from Malaysia like feeling Tupac's lyrics, like what the hell? It's so weird, you know, and I. And I dissected it because I studied English literature and, you know, sometimes it just takes a lot of reading and going through to understand the double, triple and tundras. And it just became very natural. Mm. Be curious about what people had to say because there's this thing about words and like lyrics that intrigued me so much. Because some things that you see on the surface is not really what they mean, you know? Like I'm saying, ada udang sepalik batu. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I was very interested in that to see like, wow, you can say like five words and mean different. so many different things yeah. because there's wordplay involved. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of double, triple entendres. And most of the time, um, artists don't explain what they mean. They just write the songs and then right. they, they perform and all. But the audience interpret it in a different way, right? Of course, so, exactly. So, yeah. And I think that's the most exciting part because everybody will interpret it differently, you know? Exactly. Depending on how what they're going through and what kind of emotion they're feeling. Mm. And... And yeah, I I didn't know I didn't know at that time that you know rap really was like rhythm and poetry, you know. And I did a lot of poems in school. I wrote a lot of poems. I did storytelling, in fact, in school, and that's kind of like the natural progression of it. Mm. I'm you know storytelling is like a, a competitive sport in Malaysia. I don't know if you know. Did you did you have it in school? I storytelling? Do. No. no. Well, so in school kebangsaan and school menengah, you ha- well not school menengah, but school kebangsaan, you have storytelling. Which is you have to memorize a story. It can be your own or it can be by an author. And then you have to dress up in a specific character and you tell the story. And then it can last anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, right? And I started in like Senate 3. And then I did it and I went all the way to nationals. Wow. So I was representing Zlango, you know, which is a big deal. Like that was the biggest thing that I had for me going on then. And I think it progressed in such a way that. I'd always loved being on stage and I'd always loved sharing the story, even though the story wasn't mine. You know, my story was about an old man and a sparrow mm-hmm. and this old woman and they were arguing and the sparrow was like actually like a, I don't know, a genie or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Lah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I realized that when I was on stage, I captured a lot of people's attention, you know. Mm. And it's not so often that, that you know, when you 
that you want to say something people want to hear you yeah and so i was like okay i have to i have to use this to an advantage you know um to the point where now it's like i'm not even doing music anymore because it's what you know i want to do it's because like i have to do it because this is what i'm i'm meant to do yeah you feel it in i feel it i feel it in me and and it's not just music but it's more of the connecting t- with people whether it's through conversation like whether it's through a podcast mm. you know whether it's through doing music on stage whether it's through like an interview i know that it's the it's there's something that's been given to me or or you know borrowed to me as a gift you know and and trying to connect people and things and to your higher consciousness and things like that mm. and it's like super spiritual yeah that's 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 what that's where it, this conversation is heading yeah is, exactly yeah. so um with with cartel the moment you you have given the opportunity to perform with joe mm. so now i know was that considered like a sign are you so, signed or are you yeah like basically basically i was you know with cartel for a couple of years mm. you know and it was great because they they taught me a lot of things and um gave me a lot of different platforms to to you know just just basically brush on my skill and and find more love towards hip-hop like sona you know hands down is i don't know he's like my He's like my big he's like my big brother but at the same time he's also some like one of the reasons why I am here today like there's few people who are like that you know especially men um in my life and Sona one is one of those people who I can easily say is a very big reason as to why I am where I am today I spent a lot of my times with him just like watching him in the studio doing you know mixing or mastering or making a beat You know, he taught me a lot about structure. He um, gave me a lot of great, you know, life advice. We were the closest in, in age, also in in Cartel at that time, right. which is why because everybody and I was always the youngest. I mean, like 17, for God's sake, you know, yeah. 17, super young. But um, yeah, I think if it, if it wasn't for him, I think my where I am as a musician would be very different. I mean, just like anything, just if anything in your life was different, you know? Yeah. You, you, It's a butterfly course, effect, right? Yeah, exactly. Your course of life would be different. So that was great. And then, you know, I wanted to grow out of it. I mean, I mean, they obviously, as a label, had their own, um, so their own uh, sort of vision of what they wanted to do and i had my own vision as an uh, as an artist and and i and and in, you know we just decided to part ways but there's they've always been supportive of me still you know joe um and all of them they still give me opportunities to perform like when we went to 16 bars for example you know they could have called anybody else yeah there was like 45 rappers was it <laughs> no was, yeah must have for 16 bars yeah yeah, yeah. season 1 but 45. 45 season 2 they were like you know exactly they could have called whoever else but then then they called you know me and and airlift so those kinds of opportunities are always great uh, mm. greatly appreciated mm. You get to travel. So, so um, it sort of dis- you sort of part ways in 2015, more or less. Uh, no, actually, to, um, 20, 20, end of 2016, 2017. That's when I started. I want to put out Heli Kelly. Yeah, and then and then how did that transition happen um, between mm. Cartel to Lakefront, Lakefront yes, Records, Lakefront right? Records. How did that happen? So after I put Heli Kelly out and I was independent, mm. um, I made that try with Kid Sante. Amazing time, you know. I. And I didn't really know like what the next move was, 
but I essentially got I was reached out by um, by Brian from Lakefront, who's the CEO, and he he had was mutual friends with my the first manager that I had, mm. and they asked me whether I would be interested in being a part of an artist development program, which not a lot of labels do anymore. Even in the US, they don't they barely do artist development programs, you know, because major labels always have to spend so much money on an artist already, you know, that they need the artist to already be de- developed, already have a big following. So I signed this artist development program, which began of in June 2017, and was supposed to last for two years, which was like June this year. Mm. And within these two years, actually, I was not supposed to release anything. I was not to have any, like, no projects, just purely go for, like, media training, you know, rudiments, vocal classes, because I had never gone for all these things. It's, like, super professional stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, and I just did that with my music director, Jingles, from the UK. I love him. He, he's been um, a very important person in, in, um, in, you know, my performances. And the reason why I'm able to, like... Uh, to 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 be this creative, especially with all you know, planning the sets, because it takes a lot of time. Mm. People don't realize that. People yeah. don't realize that when you perform, even though if it's fifteen minutes, couple, the preparation to that fifteen minutes is so much. You know, like my even my my Instagram videos, yeah, much I'm fifty seconds. Like I, I think I I spoke about it before. Like one of my videos I did uh, early this year, which was Seko Mode Punya remix. I took like 250 takes. Oh. Yeah, well, maybe more, Damn. but something, something like le- slightly less than 300, but 250 plus. But it was like 50 seconds. Because I was not happy from the moment that I wrote it to like, you know, the flow. And because there was no beat, and it was like the hardest one I recorded. So anyway, I was part of the development program. And, you know, last year in like March, they suddenly, the, the, the label was like, oh, I think you're ready to go record EP album. Wow. <laughs> in the US. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, so that 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 is how it happened. Just just like because they noticed you, and then they gave you a chance, and you went for it, and then I went for it. You know, and it just uh, but but at the same time, it's like there's so many coincidences for it to be a coincidence. You know, I'm mm. saying like I could have, for example, signed up to the artist development program and then not liked my or didn't get along with the music director or didn't get along with the label or maybe the vision was not the same and something along the way, you know, something happened that was, but it wasn't like that. It was like if the, when the door kept, op- you know, every time there was a door, if I choose to open it, I pass through, and then there was like another door, there was so another door, like and then that. another door, another door, and it just keeps on going to this goal that I have in my mind. You know, because you know, in twenty seventeen, I kept on telling people I was going to go to the US, but this is before I knew that I was going to go to the US. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what's the plan. I didn't know I was going to be signed to a label. You know, this is this is like manifestation, right? There. It is. Yeah. This is the law of attraction. I spoke exactly. about this yesterday on my Instagram live. It really is true. Yeah. Like I spoke about going to Indonesia. The re- recent, I mean, like um, to, to to you know, I have like a few artists I really really want to collaborate with, and I told my label, I was like, oh, I want to record with Ramen Girl. I want to record with Ariel Nayaka, and then he was like, okay, cool. You know, um, you have a way to contact them, and I said I'll ask my DJ to meet them, and then I meet them in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, right? The Nike, yeah, like right? literally, yeah. like a couple of days ago in Singapore, and yeah. they're like, "Whenever you're in Indonesia, let us know. We're we're gonna record together." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, now I'm going now now I'm going to Indonesia this Friday." Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
I mean, it's it's not crazy, but it's also magic. I mean, yeah, crazy yeah. in a way that it's like it's not crazy because it really proves the point of whatever you think becomes what you want. Exactly, exactly. Like if you literally tell yourself you cannot do it, you won't be able to. I I sound like a crazy lady on Oprah. You're, you're I not. I sound like a crazy lady on Oprah. Like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you, Oprah, I got my third book, and it's about positivity and manifestation. You know what I'm saying? You, so yeah, yeah. You're not the crazy lady. Yeah. I feel I feel the same with with mm. things in my life. You know how I get to, how I even meet you. You know, mm. like how did how in the world is this possible? And Exactly. Yeah, and like we met at UMTV Raps. Yeah, we were recording for Har- Harvin. <laughs> yeah, and then afterwards we were just like in the same van. <laughs> <laughs> and then now you are at my house right. recording the podcast. Yeah, is this is this is this the manifestation of your imagination? Yeah. If you believe true. in that and you say it, or you just believe it, just 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 let it flow. Like like you mm. said, the door. That was a good. That was a, that is exactly how I feel about life right now, all the right. time. Me too, and yeah. all the time. And so then, I mean, and not by being this positive. Sometimes people will say, "Wow, you know, do you have any struggles? You don't have any challenges to go through." No, that's not true. Mm. Challenges come in all forms, in all ways. You know, not necessarily. But then, because you're so passionate, you're so disciplined with your work, that whatever challenges that come in through to you, to in in the form of work, it doesn't feel like a challenge. It's like you will go through whatever you need to go through for you to get to for you to arrive at your goal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for me, challenges always. I mean, you know, personal issues. You always still have that. You know, family related, anything with your friends and stuff. These are all issues that people go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand how lucky I am to be able to pursue music. You know, full time. Mm. For the past two years, like it's crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, I'm saying crazy because sometimes it's almost like a disbelief. You know, uh, like you know, when you wanted to pursue, for example, this podcasting, how many people believed in it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How many people believed in me doing music? Like, I've been doing music for, you know, this long now, rapping only two years, but then like music for a while now. And my family, like no, my my real my um uh, uh, family family my, my extended family, they only really took me seriously when they saw me like on MTV. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, because because nobody really knows anyone in their family who does you know creative line of work and is successful, like is a you know well renowned and blah blah blah. So you have to you have to share with them. You have mm. to constantly want to. Like, and I always do. I always explain to them. I don't get irritated. You know, oh. Of people thinking like, oh, this is not going to be a, this is not going to be a viable and sustainable way for you to mm. like live. But I, you just prove to yourself, yeah. so you can prove to others because you know you don't need to, you don't need to be like, you know, all negative about it. Mm. You, I think like with you, right? You're, mm. you're obviously living your dream, pursuing what, um your vision mm. and what you want in life. Have you ever? Come to a point in any at any point of stage where you actually struggle to actually uh, pursue that, or mm. not following your dreams but settling for something else just because um, it's not there yet. The, the, you open a door and it's not there yet. You know the right. first door that you've ever opened, right? And then and then you struggle to um, to do something that you are not willing to do. For example, I don't know. Maybe um, so for some people they are studying medicine but they want to be. A rapper, right? And yeah. then some want to be an actor, but they are doing I don't know law, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So That's have true. you have you ever been to that? Place? I have actually, and I was actually in um, in Taylor studying mm. um, South Australian matriculation, uh, majoring in law and psychology and mm. economics. Okay. And it was great. It was great. I was doing really really well, and then I realized that you know, music was going to be um, a better platform for me to reach out to the masses as opposed to you know studying law and then maybe practicing and then becoming a politician which is going to take a longer time because hello female slash rapper slash booty shaking like who's going <laughs> to listen to you in Malaysia you know what I'm saying we're not like we're not like Arnold Schwarzenegger you can be a governor you know and an actor I said that to you before and I decided to you know drop out of college and my parents was like, okay, it's fine, but you have to like make your own money, yeah. you know. And so I, I worked in corporate for the first time. I worked in Uber, in customer service, for about eight months. This was um, when was this? This was yeah. in okay, 2013. I came in Germany, 2014, 20 end of 20, eh, no, 2015 until 2016. Damn. End of 2015 until 2016. Yeah. Wow. I worked in Uber and it was not that I didn't love it. I loved it because you know I'm a people's person, so I always got to meet different people. I trained all the drivers um, on how to use the app. Um, but I didn't have time to go to the studio. I didn't have time to write. I didn't have time to, you know, pursue what I wanted to do. So but I knew that by doing that I would at least get, you know, X amount of money or something mm. that I could probably try and pay for studio time. But when you work in corporate it's like yeah. twelve hours and then Sorry, excuse me. 12 hours and then you come back home, you're still on your computer. Yeah, I mean, it takes like up that. a lot of your time and energy. It does, right? it does. I like, I like your game plan where you, just now you mentioned, like, mm. get the attention of people first with your music mm. and then in the long run, you mentioned as well in Singapore that you wanted to be a politician in a, like, in 20 years. You have a 20 years, 20, 40 years game plan? Well, I mean, not, yeah, <laughs> don't no. quote me on me being a politician, okay? Oh, yeah, because I, mean, I don't want people to get that, get that twisted, you know what I'm saying? But what I want to do is I want to be in a, in any, um, I, ha- I did say I have a twenty. I have a forty-year plan. I said mm, yeah. twenty years to do music. You know, and it could be longer. It could be shorter. You know, you never know. You never know. But this is obviously what I have in my mind. Um, and then afterwards, when I'm, you know, content with my music and, and and happy with where you know how much I've put out, and really have challenged myself in all forms of music. I would like to go into, you know, working with the Ministry of Arts and Culture, mm. the Ministry of Education, because just like there is a demand for like an Asian female rapper, you know, you can also see the demand of a better quality of education, you know, and this is coming from me being in like sekolah menengah and kebangsaan, you know what I'm saying? This is all from my own experiences. Yeah. And, I'm again, not saying, and, and again, not to generalize, Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and um and that's why I feel like where I feel like I can I can you know be of best use because if people um with the right research and, and development obviously you know in trying to to create the best platform for the young generation because that is really what we're doing all these things for mm. like we're not I'm not making I mean I am making music for myself I love music don't get me wrong but ultimately it's about who is the next young person who's going to listen to Zamira and Zamira's music and go like, wow, if this chick could do it, I could do it too. And then this 
this little kid who's been listening to me becomes like the next Michael Jackson or something. Yeah. You know? You spark the next generation. You right? spark the next generation. And, and, and that's what it's always been about because we can't just rely on... Um, I mean, we can't just rely on, on, on um, the people now because we have young younger people younger um, individuals coming in and we we have to give them that platform i was lucky because you know my parents worked extremely hard like my, my dad worked really hard he worked a couple of jobs at one point at the same time and because of that he was able to give us this opportunity to like oh go for piano class or go for something without thinking that this piano class would you know with, would come out uh, as me becoming a musician a full time you know it was just like ah tak apa okay, your hobby go and try mm-hmm. go and try you know but not a lot of people have that yeah. you know we have to recognize that not first of all not 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 a lot of people have you know full fa- families you know and when I say full families it's like both having both parents you know there's a lot of cases of divorce and like in my in my like 10 friends, I would say like three parents is already divorced mm. or like or one is deceased or something like that. Yeah. And then or when you do have a family, are they the right kind of support group? Are they showing you the support? Or are they the kinds of people who are like, oh, don't do this because I told you you cannot do. Or you cannot go, you cannot go to uh, art stream because if you go science stream, you've got better opportunity. Like how many times I've heard that? Yeah. You think there's an Asian thing though? Or is it... I, I don't think it's an Asian thing because I think in almost... I mean like... Yes, it persists a lot more in Asia because, you know, we have this, especially in Malaysia, like we only had science stream and art stream yeah. because we only had these two options. So like, had we had other options, I think we, we would have been able to harness sort of our skill and talent at a very, you know, young age. Mm-hmm. And so where, I co- where I'm coming with all these things is that, is that like the opportunity, the only thing that set me apart with everyone else is the opportunity that was given to me. And not everybody has the opportunity to do, um, to go out of school, go for extra classes and all that because that takes time and money, you know. So where the household, where they can't provide you the opportunity, it should be given to you in school, you know. So yeah. I'm super for this. Like I read um, just like last month, they had the, the, the our minister of education. He said that, you know, they they're have plans on abolishing the streams and have more um, sort of art subjects included as part of the regular choices of subjects, mm. you know. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what they're doing to, to, to get to that step. But if there's already a conversation about it, that's the most important thing, mm. you know. Yeah. You know, from my observation, right, mm. you... You have a very beautiful soul. Oh, you know, thank you. You are compassionate. You care for other people, and you're very supportive. Thank like you. I remember, I remember in Singapore, um, there was this moment where Alice was like, "Oh no, you wanted to, hey, let's do a video, a freestyle, or something, a promotional mm. video." Then Alice was like, "No, I can't do that. No, you can, Alice. You will do it." And you, you, you started yeah. giving a lecture, and I'm like, "Wow, yeah." The the, the, the cup overflows, and I felt it. Mm. You are trying to inspire him, but I felt inspired. Mm. Do you know how crazy that is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I've always felt that as well. You know, even him being in the studio with me, Airless, for example, you know, he, he, he's always so, he's able to come up with like different writing themes. Like, we, like he wrote his first Malay song with me the other day, you know, and it's so great to be a part of bringing the best out in people. Mm. That's always me, you know, whether whether it's like with my friends and my family or with like any ex-boyfriends that I've had before, it's always, I've always been 150% my career, 150% a girlfriend, 150% everything because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like push, I'm not here to, I'm not here to make other people feel comfortable. 
you know bec- and I, re- I only say this because at one point I used to be that person who was like super comfortable happy with what I had like my dad called me out the first time um, and he, he was like Zamira you never follow through with what you want to do you know at one point I wanted to be a tennis player at one point I wanted to do you know journalism I wanted to study law and all these things and, and I never finished it you know and I always had an issue and my dad told me that I was like I broke down because it was the truth and it was something that I couldn't I didn't acknowledge and I couldn't admit and if these two things don't happen you cannot take action into changing that you know what I'm saying mm. and and um, so all of these things of me recognizing stuff is only because I, I, w- I went through them just like my song Halle Kelly it was about you know, not having any a wordplay on Helen Keller because Helen Keller is the first deaf-blind person who, you know, essentially got a degree. You know, so she could, she couldn't see, right? So I said, Helen Kelly is for someone who doesn't have vision. So vision, I didn't mean like vision, like impaired who cannot see me, but vision as in like the far future from your vision with their goals. But this is bec- and I said, um, you said that you was working. I saw your Insta story for AM, and you still twerking. I was talking about me. People were like, "Oh, who are you dissing?" I wasn't dissing anybody. I was talking about myself. Yeah. But this was like that at that point of time it was like myself like two years ago or mm. myself one year ago, you know. And at that point of time, I was able to just laugh about it because it's not me anymore, mm. you know. And then I tell everybody, then everyone in their group, I I know somebody who's like a heli Kelly as well, you know. <laughs> Like I know someone who's like that. Okay. So yeah. so yeah, I'm super I'm super happy that I'm able to be open about my flaws mm. as much as I am happy uh, open about my successes and and um, goals and things like that because it's crucial. It's crucial to share with the people around you your mistakes. Because by sharing your mistakes with other people, other people get equally as um uh, inspired and and they feel comfortable because then it doesn't feel like they're the only ones making mistakes and mistakes don't define you, especially and but you have to learn from them ah, because the thing about life is it will throw you the same goddamn lesson until you learn from that mistake and even after you learn from that mistake it's always going to be a challenge per se, for you to not repeat the mistake again, you make new mistakes, you know yeah you make new mistakes, like you know when you tried out this. This podcasting, I'm sure there's so many, so many trial and error. Exactly, yeah. Right? No, not just with podcasts, with life. With life, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. With life. Everything is trial and error. I also, I also feel like in everything we do, there's a certain, there's, there's a, there will always be a certain hardship, hmm. and you sort of have to choose what you're willing to struggle for. You yeah. Know? If if you like. Because like there's a lot of things to do in this life, you know. You sometimes you can get overwhelmed. Like you want to do everything. I'm sure you've been there. Like you mentioned mm. tennis, um, law, and yeah. want to try everything, live life to the fullest. But then, if you don't dive deep and focus, that will be a problem to achieve greatness, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Because because for you to achieve greatness, I mean, like every I think successful artist or even or person, you know, can tell you the same thing. It's about repetition. Or evolution, you know, it's either you repeat, 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 or you evolve, mm. or you repeat so much until it's time for you to evolve, and then you repeat again the same things. Correct or not? It's not like I could rap, you know, whatever 165 BPM just like that in one thing. No, I couldn't. I had to start like yesterday. Somebody asked me how to rap fast 
because that's like the generation these days. Like that's that, that, that's how they think they can make it. It's just rapping fast. You know, it's not about rapping fast. But for you to rap fast, if you guys really want to know, is to rap slow first. You start at 60 BPM. You rap it like 10 times, and the next 10 times you do it at 62 BPM, then you 63 BPM until you reach 165. Mm, so it's practice, right? Pra- it's practice. Practice makes perfect, right? So with with all these. Um, music your, your music career with where mm. you are today mm-hmm. and it, it comes down it's attached to the fact that you are now sort of famous right with 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 people knowing who you are mm-hmm. and how you look like do, do you do you feel like there's a certain um like privacy invaded at times like where you want to be alone but the world knows who you are in a way does, does it does it bother you no um so well first of all i mean I'm really not that famous. <laughs> like I, I have a fr- friends who are like you know more well known than me, and and I can so you know um, I understand that about that whole privacy thing mm-hmm. and people coming like you to makan and then people yeah, like, you know and photos right. And, yeah. It's never. I mean, it hasn't it hasn't uh, hit me like that before, you know. But I mean, there are people. For example, hari tu kaki LCC, I was having like a meeting with Kate and stuff, and then the 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 chefs from the restaurant they want to take a picture, but they waited. They didn't come up to me and like they waited, you know. So I, I thought that was really sweet. Um, I'm not gonna jinx it, so because I know like I understand like you know when it comes to that point when you have like a million followers, these things happen. Yeah. But for now, as where I am at right now, you know, I'm very, um, I'm very particular about what I share. For example, you know, I share most of the things that I do on my day-to-day basis like with my family and with my friends and also with my fans because my fans are my family mm-hmm. you know and it's because of the fans you know you are where you are today because of them streaming your music constantly sharing and because I only have like what 28,000 followers you are bound to read like all the comments you mm-hmm. know that come up because we're handling our own Instagram accounts we're handling our own YouTube like I read I read all the comments but what I allow to affect me is the one that makes the difference You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you, if you, um, for example, an artist who's like having dinner with their their family or something, and then fan, one fan comes, fans like, okay, can I take picture? And you're like, okay, of course, you oblige, okay. Blah, blah. Then the tenth person come to you. How are you going to allow that to affect you? Are you going to be like, Misham? Oh, can you please see? I'm not. I'm, I'm eating right now. Or are you going to be like, oh, kita lagi kita mi makan? You know, there's like it's always always a different way to to choose to react to certain things. Yeah. I've never allowed whether it's negative or positive comments to like affect me, because if you live by what other people say, um, it will be the death of your career. You know, because only you know how good you can get. And how I mean, and all the things that you haven't done yet, like only you know. So for me, it's very crucial to stay neutral. Um, be positive, of course. Mm-hmm. Always take things with a pinch of salt, um, but really enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy the journey, which is I'm really enjoying it right now. Yeah, <laughs> you can see that you're always yourself, right? Yeah. For for those people who are struggling to be themselves because mm. they care so much about what other people think, mm. what would your what would you say to them? Like, well, I mean, there's no, there's no, um, you know, complicated solution to that. It's super simple. It's you have to stop thinking about what other people think of you, because as long as you have this. 
at the back of your head like before you do something it's like oh what will this person think if i do this what will this person think if i do this you know what will they say you will never be able to even you know perform this task or, or whatever it is that you want to do in its entirety because you are so concerned about um how it will affect you know the other people around you when in fact you are doing it for yourself mm. this life is yours Yeah. You know, I I, do, I don't believe in in um in in uh in putting yourself in a position that doesn't make you happy. You know, of course, certain people like your family, your friends, you know, th- th- that's when compromise comes into play because you love them because that that's plus love. Then you would say something differently. Then you would do something differently. You know, because because of the love. But when it comes to like for example your job or even like your friends that you know attitude or something that you don't want to tolerate and stuff you you communicate it out mm. you have to say because my dad always told me like do you want to make other people feel comfortable first and then you are uncomfortable or you comfortable first and then the other person uncomfortable of course i want to be comfortable first because if i keep on making other people feel comfortable comfortable and i'm actually not cool with it That, you know, at one at one point you're going to you know burst, and hence why you ha- we have so many like unspoken issues of mental health, you know, mm. um, issues that, that, that we don't even talk about because it's like taboo in Malaysia. Mm. Get over it, you get over it, you know, and you don't get over it, and people and it, it becomes harmful yeah. to you, your body, your your you, it's detrimental to your health, yeah. you know, because. Your body creates like toxins when you feel angry and you don't let it go, whether it's through like some kind of therapeutic or whatever. Different people have a different form of of you know releasing anger, releasing stress, frustration, and all these things. You have to find, you have to constantly find what works for you because in life there is no template. There is no like, okay, this you follow this one. Ada macam the isi, the kandungan, ada this one. Da da. Is this the ending? No, there isn't. You know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that, and I feel like everybody has the the right to like sort of to look for what they want you know and they can do it mm. you cannot let other people you know stop you from doing it you don't even know whether this person is thinking about you right since you can like you know yeah you, you, <laughs> you know what you, yeah you mentioned mental health right mm. that is something that a lot of people are struggling right mm-hmm. now depression mental health and you, i also saw on your insta sorry you mentioned um your body is your temple Yes. Right. Do you think it's um, going to the gym and working out, like physical health, has something to do with our mental health? Of course, yeah. definitely. I mean, like our body is interconnected with everything. You know, simple as like for for, for me, I remember the first time I really got interested with body, like anatomy, was not even in school, but I went for massage. Then the lady, the 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 masseur, she like she started pressing on my forearm, right? And then the closer she got to my forearm, and she's actually pressing my tendon, my fingers were moving like this, like closing, and I didn't know why. And I was like, oh my god, it's because your tendon is here, and then you can actually just yeah. contract and expand. I was like, okay, that's crazy. Then she massaged my ankle, then my headache goes away because your ankle, like a part of your ankle at the side, is connected to your, you know, brain and or something like that. Where you store your angin or something, and it's it, it it's amazing. Your whole your body is interconnected. Your body will heal itself if it needs to. My dad had heart uh, a heart attack, and he went for a bypass surgery. Did you know that your arms have like 
three arteries, well, two extra ones in your arms, just in case you need it for something like <laughs> a bypass surgery. <laughs> Holy shit! That is unused. Wow. Isn't that isn't that awesome? Yeah. And so yeah. the, you have to realize that, you know, your body is there for you when you need it, like. You know how we fight like the white blood cells and platelets and stuff. When you get a cut, it will heal itself. But if you don't, if you don't give it the right sort of nutrients and nutrients, I mean not only through food, but like the right space of mind to think. You know, um, enough air to breathe. You know, just like exercising your body because we are just this. But the body is just a vessel. It's just a vessel that carries us around, you know, and this vessel will wither, mm. you know, according to time. As, as as time flies by, the body will wither. So don't you want to don't you want to see what the body is capable to do and the mind is capable capable to do in its like fullest capacity? And the thing is, we'll never know what the fullest capacity is, mm. because every time you reach like what you think is the fullest capacity, then you're like, oh, okay, I can go harder. Yeah. What you think is like. You know, like 20 reps is like your fullest capacity. Suddenly, you can do like 25. Then you can do 30. You do th- By that time, your body is different already. Your mind is different. My my trainer told me that. Like I I asked him like the first time. Uh, my trainer Daniel went back. I said, "What what what is the strongest part of your body?" I genuinely wanted to know. You know which muscle group. And he was like, "It's not which muscle group. It's your mind is the strongest part of your body." Uh-huh. Right? Mm. I know it's so crazy. When he said that to me, I was like, whoa! <laughs> you taking a real zip on his first class. <laughs> so, yeah. so that means for someone who's going through depression or mm. they are not excited about life, so you would mm. say the first step would be try to uh, improve your your physical health first and then see how that... Go- I, I think when it comes to um, mental health, there there's no of what you should do first. Like I said, there's no template for that as well, you know. But you have to keep on trying. Whether it's um, meeting a therapist to talk about uh, someone who's unbiased, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can talk about your uh, experiences that you've been having in life to somebody who is not like your family or your friend. And then can also give you professional, um, professional consultants and advice on the different exercises that you can do, you know. Uh, I don't necessarily um, agree with medication because I have have a family member, you know, who has had severe sort of depression, and and they took the medication, and it wasn't, which is making them feel groggy. So some people it might help, but some people it doesn't. Mm. So never going through like putting something in your body, and then trying out different things. Go for a hike. Go for yoga. Go for um, you know. Whatever, cooking, talking, like reading books, writing. Like for me, I, w- I was, to be honest, you know, I was, uh, at one point I was looking for a therapist to talk to, but just like, just so, so I can like let my, my, my whatever frustrations and stuff out to someone. Um, and I didn't, I, I couldn't find anyone in, in, um, in sort of the region that fit me. You know, to, uh, to, to what I wanted, like the vibe was not right. Mm. And so I went for yoga. I went for yoga instead and yoga gave me this like space like where I could just not think about anything else but my body and my mind really and it really really helped me some people say oh yoga doesn't work but you know that's why everybody has a different ha- has a different mindset everybody has a different body so you have to keep on trying that's the thing you have to keep on trying if it doesn't work for you you know because everybody goes through challenges and struggles it's how you deal with it you know, and for, for like, for example, the family member that I had 
who was uh, having depression. It was how. It, it was how they couldn't see like what the solution was. Mm. You know, they couldn't like snap out of that moment where they were just emotional. And that's a thing, you know, and that's a thing, and that's why there are ways to overcome it. Um, obviously, it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying this like, oh, senang je, korang ni kaya just snap out of it lah. No, don't ever say that, you know, don't ever, don't ever think about it that way because people who are, um, uh, who are going through sort of mental health issues are, are um, especially the ones who are undiagnosed, you know, dekat Malaysia ni, like, when, and, or wrongly diagnosed. Mm. That's even worse. Yeah. You know, so so make sure you keep on trying, and by being positive, by being present to your reality, knowing what things you're consuming in your body. Because if you consume, for example, alcohol or even recreational drugs, it's the same thing as being too emotional. What your cloud, your judgment is still clouded. You know, mm. you have to be present. You have to know oh, what is this inside. Oh, people don't know. People don't know this. this. Why am I using the shampoo? Shampoo ni, why is it making my hair dry? Oh, because got, you know, laureth sulfate, which is not good for my curly hair because my curly hair is dense and needs more water and like, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Like people, you have to find. Mm. Find your truth. Hashtag <laughs> truth. You know, trying to fit that. <laughs> trying to fit that song in, guys. <laughs> do, do you have any message for, for them girls specifically who mm. has been following you all these years and and if you could have like one um, I don't know, last message for them, like mm. woman empowerment kind of thing, you know, motivation, mm. positivity, what would you say to them? Um, first thing, th- uh, well, the one thing that I would say is, girl, it ain't going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you do, you know, whether you're a daughter, a friend, a sister, a wife, in whatever industry you are, always be microscopically judged you will be taken through this through this sort of um, entire process where everything that you do there has to be a question or oh, why she can do this how come she is doing this good how come she is you know getting all these followers how come she she can get this position and people will question you people will question you it's going to be tough but we are made to be a woman because we can handle these things, you know. And I, I don't, I don't say that to single out men, mm. but women. I mean, when you think about the women in your life, mm. you know, whether it's your mom or your sister or whoever it is that that you've chosen as sort of a role model, a, a woman that's in your life. Like, you imagine your life without this person. Mm. It will be less colorful, you know. Women ha- generally are more empathetic. You know, but at the same time, stern and and wanting and pushing, and we're able to 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 carry human beings inside us for nine months and still like you know. Does every time I think about that, I always feel like crying because I w- I want to like think about. I always think about my mom and all the things that I've done to her that that was wrong and I've hurt her feelings and things like that. Mm. But but then you know, growing up and then you become a woman, you understand all these things that you will face and. And then when you overcome them, you realize that it's because you are a woman you are able to go through, you know, all these all these challenges that life has set for you, physically and mentally. And it's like I said from the beginning, it's not gonna be easy, women. It's not gonna be easy, ladies. But it's okay. Sometimes all you need is a Beyonce song. Oh yeah. You know, to make <laughs> you feel good again. 
Wednesday, Thursday, ladies night in KL. <laughs> Get yourself loose. <laughs> okay, this is where I flip the script, right? Mm. And let you ask me any question that you have on top of your mind. Two or three questions. Anything, um, preferably not about the podcast because mm. um, the, the world knows okay, what, what right. I'm going for. Um, like, uh, yeah, anything that you are curious about that no one could ever think of, go for it. Okay, I have one <coughs> question for you. Yeah. How much wood does a woodchuck a chuck if a woodchuck a chuck wood? <laughs> How much? Because I never knew the answer to that question. I don't know either. <laughs> you don't know either, right? <laughs> no, I was just being silly. Um, yeah, basically, I, I want to know. Um, you know, when you when you reach out to all the people that you interview, what is like your thought process behind that? You know, because we were talking about um, the, the manifestation law of attraction. Do you actually think in your head like, oh, I want to interview this person one day? And then it happens. Or do you like plan? Do you plan like, okay, this is my person for this month. This is my person I'm going to try and reach out. If they don't, I have to move on to the next one. Oh, for me, it's more of the first one of the mm. thing. Like, but subconsciously, I guess I plan it in my head, mm. but not so much um, um, like write it down and try to like puzzle it all together. It's mm. more of I know because like it, it, may, it may sound like dumb mm. if, if, if people who don't believe in law of attraction mm, would mm, say mm, exactly yeah, you know like I know I'll get him I know I'll get her mm. and then like how you need to know how I'm like no don't worry about it I'll get it mm. you know it's just, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people but that's how I I function and I, and I believe that there is a reason why we met you mm. know I always believe that um the the like birds of feather flock together there mm. must be a common point you just have to look for it you know mm. i might be i might not be as extroverted as you are mm. as loud as crazy overflowing as you are but mm. there are certain things now i found it it's a manifestation thing mm. that is what is connecting us you yeah. know and yeah but but um with this this podcasting it's not it's not like a must that I have to have that person, mm. but it's more of someone who who I feel is different. Mm. You know, someone who I feel has something to contribute to the conversation because it's a learning process for me. This is like, if you think about it, right? A conversation like this, uninterrupted. Mm. When was the last time you actually had that? You know? Yeah, and I re- I mean I had one in the car. And re- <laughs> okay, and, and re- grab. Qu- and did, like my I have a podcast like interview in almost every grab car like rides I get into. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, okay, okay. <laughs> I should start that now. You're giving me an idea. Yeah. Maybe I should do grab car podcast. Yeah, you should do it. I should totally do that. Yeah, yeah, for like long trips, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that's what I feel. And I feel, and people, oh, people always have the idea that because because um the world, we we kind of escape the reality of everything has to be monetized mostly, mm. right? So I don't want I don't want it to be. I don't want to put the pressure on people that I want to invite in, you know, mm. because it's not so much of a brand. I don't mean to like because you're famous and I want you in it so that people, mm. you know, it's not like that. It's your story. It's, yeah. It's Joe Flizo, the Johan Isha, you know. Mm. It's not so much of Joe Flizo. It's mm. Joe Flizo before Joe Flizo. That's what mm. I want to know. You know, yeah. the human being side of things. Right. You know, but people get um, scared, like famous people especially. They're like, oh. Okay, you know? 
You yeah. know what I mean? Because I get it. Everything has to be monetized. Like yeah. MTV has to pay you to be on the show because right. they, you know, that kind of thing. And also because I think... Um, you know, some people are just not comfortable with sharing yeah. or as open, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fairly very open mm. in terms of, you know, all the things that I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand that. But have you ever, you know what uh, will be cool? Have you ever uh, I- interviewed your family? Like oh. your parents? I haven't. I think that would be really, <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. I mean, not only for, for you, um, you know, as their son, but I think like someone who is, you know, much older than you, working in probably an industry that's not you know creative mm. like this. Like, uh, not not that I'm assuming, not I'm yeah, assuming yeah, they're not creative, but I think I think so. Mm. I mean, there's always like some creative ones and some yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so it will come from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really cool. Like, yeah. if you ever. Like I would, I've always recorded my dad when he talks to me mm. like this. Mm. You know, we have we uh, like my dad's like my one of my best friends, and I get really inspired when I when I talk to him. So I will record my conversations with him sometimes. And when it's all sampled on album, kind one day. So yeah, you know, you you should maybe. How many siblings do you have? Uh, there's five of us. Oh, there you go. See. Yeah. Five plus two, seven people you can yeah. interview. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. can pick your pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's really interesting. I did a podcast last week with um, a lady named yeah Melinda Garvey from Austin, Texas, and she has a podcast called On the Spot. Okay, but she so basically she interviews um, women just from all around the world who are just like everyday, you know, not Kim Kardashians, not Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah Winfrey's because these people. In these names people already know and it's great because you do get inspired but there is she said based on her research there is a lack of um, uh, regular everyday role models female role models and she has this vision where like you know when ladies are getting ready to do the makeup like you know the podcast is only four minutes long so just imagine when you listen to that podcast, how will it change the conversation of women, like, for example, asking for a raise at the workplace or, you know, asking for whether they can have, because um, in the US they have issue with uh, uh, when you get pregnant and then you have, what do you call it? Paid leave. Mm. Yeah, so their paid leave is very short. Right. So how will, it con- how will it change the conversation and like how you, you know, connect with other people and things like that. So I thought that was really cool that she, that she does that. Um, and then she's interviewed her family too, so that's yeah. funny. Oh, thanks for that question. That's Thank you. great. If you could have any cup of coffee with a dead musician specifically, who would it be and what kind of conversation would you have with them? Wow, any dead musician? Yeah. It's definitely Tupac. Wow. Wow. Definitely Tupac. All eyes on him. <laughs> All eyes on him. I mean, that is if he's dead too. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I don't believe in all the other like theories and stuff that he's in Batu Caves or whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Like, Tupac last, is in Batu Caves. Yeah, last, last year it came out. You didn't, know, you didn't, I didn't see? Know, I didn't know. Shook Knight's son okay. said that Tupac is in Batu Caves <laughs> and, and is alive. Like, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Isn't that crazy? Um, I would... I don't know. I just would want him to talk, but I don't. I don't know whether he would be inclined to talk to me. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, what, 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 what would be on top of your head that you're curious about to know or to have conversation? I just want to know him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would ask him at the end of the conversation, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not because of 
I mean, obviously he's so good looking, but then in in all his interviews that I've watched, he's just so insightful mm-hmm. and perspectful because like he comes from a totally different generation of hip hop. You know, when hip hop was like a tool of expression for a very oppressive time. You know, and that's why, hence why, like. It's been an evolution. That's why back then it was like so many lyrics and mm. so many like things and meanings and differently. And then now it's like, you know, simplified like mumble rapping, for example, more melodic and things like that, which is which is fine, you know. But because that's that's what evolution is. Mm. Can't hate on that. But you know, I just want to hear like what he went through as a person. Mm. I think he is a strong figure. Like he went through a lot because I've seen his interview. I was seventeen or eighteen. Mm. Have you seen that? Of course, right. I'm not sure. I the mean, whether I've watched a lot. Yeah? The one with Biggie, is it? No, no, he was alone. He was. This was before he was famous. Oh, it was before he was famous. And then he was alone at the porch or something, and he was talking about life. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And then that was before he was. He, he's about to go through all the hardships of the prison mm. and stuff, right? Yeah. I think yeah. Tupac. That I would definitely yeah love to meet Tupac. Cool. <laughs> right. Down to the last question. Okay. How do you want the world to remember Zamira at the end of the day? I want the world to remember me as like there's this one song that I always think about when I whenever I I think of that question because I've asked this to myself and it goes like this. I was here, I lived, I loved, I was here, I gave my all, everything that I wanted and it was more than I thought it would be, I will leave my mark so everyone will know I was here. And that's by Beyonce, and it just, you know, talks about how I want people to remember me by doing something for them, you know? Whether it was start the conversation, whether it was opening this new envelope for, like, females in hip-hop in Malaysia, whether it was bringing the best version out of them. You know, and them could be individualistic, them could be a whole society, them could be a community, them could be the entire country, them could be the world. Damn. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Amira, Thank for being you. part of Hello Hello Kopi Community Podcast. This is a legendary day, 22nd of April, 2019. That's right. A day to remember for life. That's sure. Malafiko and Zamira. Malafiko and Zamira, peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Damn, it was good. It's good? Yeah. 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 Ye